We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's good? What's poppin'? Bonjour. Bonjour, oui, oui. If you guys didn't know, I just came back from Canada. I'm half Canadian Canada. now. Um, Toronto. And to to start off this ep- this uh, episode um, on a very serious topic, um, I have a very unserious story to you know lighten up the mood. Um, so Friday night, I went out to this lounge I've been wanting to go to for a long time. Went out, great, loved it. Apartment two hundred in Toronto. Anybody living in Toronto, hit and go to that place. It's probably remnants of me there. Uh, we were all waiting outside, um, waiting for our Uber to go home afterward. And um, we were like all huddled up under like a shed because it was cold. And there was this girl that was standing next to us. And she looked kind of cold. She was like on her phone. I think she was like calling an Uber or some whatever. And, um, you know, my favorite thing about Toronto, even before I went, one of the main, probably the only reason why I wanted to go is like, you know how like Brent Fives has that lyric in, in that one song? He goes like, took a trip to London just to hear how they talk. You know that right. song? I went to, to to Toronto to hear how they talk because the Toronto right. accent is the funniest thing in the entire world. I don't know if you guys are familiar. I love it. And so this guy comes up to to this girl on her phone and the guy's like, "What's good, shirty?" <laughs> and and um I'm just like, "Okay, I have to eavesdrop cuz this is this is like prime time. Like I, I'm, I'm not gonna hear this anywhere else. And girls right. like, the girls like used to it because this is like how like Toronto guys talk. And I'm here just laughing. Like who says that? And girls like, oh, like I'm good, you know, just, just you know, chilling. And he's like, he's like you coach shorty. You didn't have a jacket on. <laughs> and girl, and the girls like, oh yeah, you know, I forgot my jacket. I don't know why. And this is the kicker. This is the this is the one that got me. He looked. He didn't even look at her. He was like looking on to ear yonder. He was like, "You're crazy, shirty. That's why." <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I started dying laughing right next to him. Then he looked at me. He was like, "Are you good, shirty?" <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I built a I built a core memory Friday night. If any of you guys talk like that, um, hit me up say something i want to i i need i need some laughter i miss it i'm yearning i i'm yearning now this like conversation has been so like integral in your life like now you just bring it up ironically as if it's like how you actually talk no honestly like i'm i've built that into like my dictionary like (laughs) literally today he facetimed me i picked up and he was he was like what's up shorty (laughs) That's my I'm like, new, I'm like, never saying, picking up the phone again. It's like, you know how people say like, hi, hello. Oh, right. Good, sure. That's my new one. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to our beautiful podcast, podcast called Difficult Dish, podcast on South Asian narratives. My name is Mashun. Yes, it is. And my name is Mohua. Before we go any further, please rate, review, 
follow, all that good stuff. Say hi,、mm-hmm. tell us something nice, five stars, all that good stuff. Right now, right in the beginning, before we go any further, because you love us, you know you love us, and if you love us, show your love. You know, express、yeah. love, express love. You know, I call Mo all the time when I'm being annoying. I'm just like, I'm here for one reason. I'm here to express love, and that's all. <laughs> you guys should express love. <laughs> Then he hangs、well. up. <laughs> And then I hang up. Exactly. All right, all right. Love has been expressed. It's my time to go. Yeah, exactly. And if you're listening to this right when this comes out, we're close to 400, you know, ratings. So it doesn't hurt to give us a little five star if you are new and you, you know, want us to thrive and succeed. So my favorite co-host in the world, we are talking about what today? Today we're talking about something, you know, something a little bit more serious. You know, we we kind of、yeah. go back and forth between like serious topics, unserious topics.、Um, I think like we, you know, there's there's no way we can be like seventy seven episodes in and like not like have talked about this throughout all of our previous episodes.、Yeah. Like I know we have,、um, but I think this is our first like dedicated episode on talking about skin color and colorism in the South Asian、mm-hmm. community. Obviously, we all know、um, we have all had our experience. Um, with dealing with our skin color, wherever you fall on the spectrum, everybody kind of has their own story, and it's something that everybody, all of us, can relate to. And、um, mm-hmm. yeah, so we're going to be talking about colorism,、um, where it comes from, what it is, how it affects us today, how it affected us when we were younger, and、um, wow, how we can, you know, like what we've learned from it, and like how we can be better in. Educating the people around us, you know, who may have、mm-hmm. certain thoughts about certain things, you know. Yeah, I feel like colorism and like anti-blackness is such a big thing in the South Asian community. And yeah, again, we have talked about comments that we've gotten before about our skin color, about our appearance, but we haven't really had like a dedicated episode. So we're excited to kind of talk about, you know, like the roots of colorism, where it probably has come from. How it has affected so many people, even in the past generations and like our generation now. How to counteract,、um, you know, comments that we get from family members and,、um, you know, just like our experiences. So we are excited to start off with this topic. So, so how would how would you define colorism? What is colorism in Mahua Labyrinthaf terms? Hey, sorry, Mahua Labyrinthaf. Sorry, sorry. So I actually haven't looked up the definition, but in my head, what I think colorism is is when you judge someone based on their shade of the skin or like the how dark they are, or you know you just have a preassumption based on what they look like skin wise or their or their color, and you know usually colorism has like this negative connotation because from what we've seen, people with darker skin in South Asia or a lot of countries in general. They are just associated with like negative portrayals because of their darker skin, and we really want to get into that because there's just you know a whole backstory based on that. But but what is your your definition of colorism? I think colorism is it's yeah it's what you said, but I think on top of that, I think a, I think you mentioned like how we judge people or like the judgment of people based on the color of their skin. I think colorism、mm-hmm. is more about like the. Internalized pre- prejudice against、mm. people with darker skin colors and how how they are affected in real life society because of their darker skin color. I think it's less about、mm-hmm. just judging people. I think that's more aligned with like racism. Yeah, I think colorism is more about like how somebody is actually affected in society、um, because of the color of the skin. Apart from like being called、um, like dark, 
Like, how does that mm-hmm. darker skin really affect them in real life, apart from just, like, comments, you know? Yeah, it's, like, assuming how rich they are, how, yeah. you know, where they are in society, their place in society, what their job is even, what their attractiveness level is, if they have a good-looking husband or, you know, a wife. Colorism is kind of this thing where it's, like, you assume um, that people are poor or less educated mm-hmm. because they are darker, you know, mm-hmm. and it's so crazy because like what you said about prejudice, prejudice is when you are kind of, you know, um, negligent or like racist again, pe- against people that are kind of your own race or people that look like the same skin color as you. Right. And it's so wild how there are, you know, darker people in society, you know, regardless of just South Asian people. But if even if you're dark, you're still going to be prejudiced towards people that are the same skin color as you or darker because you know regardless of the fact that you probably also went through colorist comments yourself and negative comments yourself there are still people that still judge other people that look exactly like them skin color wise the same way regardless of the fact that they went through that same trauma you know so wild how it's kind of like trauma over and over again and people not trying to fix it and I, I think it's crazy because like, like maybe this is something that only I've seen, but I mean, I don't, I don't think it is, but um, like a lot of time we would be like compared to one another for like the slightest being like the tiniest shade darker than like our friend, mm-hmm. like freaking like day and night, like difference. It's like, like, oh, like she's darker than you or she's lighter than you. And it's like, we're practically the same, but it's like, it's the slightest difference. And like these slight differences are still such a big deal. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. And, you know, we'll go more in depth in our experience and, um, you know, conversations that we've had like at home and what we've learned. But I know you want to talk a little bit about kind of where the colorism um, term really comes from. Um, Mm -hmm. I know it's something that you're passionate about and speaking of. Do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, where that term actually comes from? Well, you know what? First of all, the other day I went to Patel Brothers because, you know, I had to buy my little goody snacks i had to buy oh, wow. my you know groceries wow. and whatnot wow. and i literally saw fair and lovely still on the shelves yeah. and you guys know what fair and lovely is right yeah we all know so fair and lovely Remind is Go ahead. fair and lovely is is this little you know little cream this bleaching just casual yeah. bleaching devil's, cream devil's that cream. people especially in south asian countries use to lighten their their skin and make themselves more attractive as in you know that's their marketing and it's been around for many years. A lot of celebrities in um, the South Asian countries have endorsed this brand. And, um, you know, they're, they're still selling it. And it's literally like a bleaching chemical. And I remember growing up when I was like five or younger than that. Obviously, like I, I lived with a lot of my family members and my grandma and everyone. And they had that because it was like the early 2000s. And it was just like a normal thing to have like laying around. It was like basically like soap at that point. You know, people would use it like every day just hoping to get like lighter. You know, there's also this thing where like when you when you get married or like sometimes when you're, I don't know, unclean you're supposed to get like bathed with milk Mm -hmm. thinking you're gonna get lighter Mm -hmm. even like the the um the ceremony of like turmeric when you put turmeric all over your body it's supposed to make you brighter and obviously it's like a cultural tradition but it's also like with the assumption that you're gonna get lighter before your actual wedding wedding ceremony you know what's crazy is like is like our parents will be so big like oh drink orange juice make sure you make sure you take your vitamins make sure you eat organically it's like they're so like health conscious but they're also like 
terrorizing their bleach. skin with bleach. <laughs> it's Literal like, bleach to make them so lighter. Please pick a yeah. side. It's yeah, like, it was so it's wild to grow up with that when I was like five because I'm like, oh, well, like lotion. Let me just put it on mm-hmm. for funsies. But fully, it's like bleach. Yeah, but anyway, I saw it at Patel Brothers the other day and I have never made a U-turn that quick. Well, first <laughs> I saw it and I, I was like, no, it can't be. So I went up a little bit closer and I was like, wow, it can actually be. Yeah. And then I skirted and made a U-turn. But I think now they've remarketed it and made it like glow and lovely or something. <laughs> really? Yeah, I would... I would like assume that they've gone through like a lot of public scrutiny for that rebranding yeah but i'm surprised that they still are selling it you know i i I remember i made a piece like when i first started my ipad digital art journey yeah and it was like an unfair and lovely um piece that was like Mm -hmm. counteracting fair and lovely because it's like why is there an assumption that unfair people or even the word fair like what do you mean fair just because you're white you're fair <laughs> right? and you're darker you're unfair like that's so crazy like, right? that is such a subtle thing you know but anyway i made a piece called unfair and lovely because just because you're darker doesn't mean you're suddenly unlovely like mm-hmm. you know yeah sorry such a weird can't be assumption bro yeah. yeah it can't be loved anymore because you're darker that's so yeah. wild but like you said you know like these these terms come from a long history you know they're like it wasn't our parents who made these terms up. You know, they come from, like you said, like British colonialism, British rule and yeah. 1800s over India. And then that scattered on into Bangladesh and Pakistan. And, you know, it's it goes back generations and generations in history. Um, mm-hmm. So I know you've learned a little bit about British colonialism over India. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So as we know, you know, the, the great British ruled yeah, and colonized many of the countries that you know we grew up in and that we know and love right so these white british people you know obviously terrorized our people by making themselves all friendly and homey in our countries Mm -hmm. right and so you know bangladesh india so many of these south asian countries grew up seeing fair skin they grew up seeing whiter skin dominating they saw how powerful these white people were so over the you know, the next few generations, they had this association with white skin and power. And they just assumed that if you are lighter, you are able to succeed and accomplish a lot more. Right. And even there's like this association, like, for example, in Bangladesh, there are many, you know, villages and cities and different districts. There is a place in Bangladesh called Silat. Right. And the people there have this um, stereotype that they are whiter because, you know, back in the day when the um, colonizers came, a lot of them procreated with the people in Silit. And so a lot of them became mixed and a lot of them became lighter. And there's also the stereotype that in Silit, they are usually richer, right? Yeah. So it's crazy how things like that, people associate white skin or lighter skin with more riches. And obviously, since they had more of like a colonist uh, like environment there, you know, more like more white settlers stayed there. There's they had more riches and they grew up with more money. But it's so interesting how it's just like people associate certain things with lighter skin, you know, like how rich you are, even in the caste system. If you are darker, there's an assumption that you are lower in the caste system, you're lower in education you're lower in attractiveness. Whereas if you're lighter, you're associated with like the royalty, you're associated with riches and education. You know? But I, I think it's important to remember that like we, we use words like association, um, but 
this association like it didn't come out of nowhere it's like right there were like darker people in south asian countries are found in lower socioeconomic statuses because Mm -hmm. of like systemic prejudice against them because you know lack of social mobility like it's harder for darker people to like get into a certain job market it's harder for darker skinned people to you know be um equally interviewed for like a certain school you know it's like i mean even also on top of that like people had to obviously like there were people working in farms or people working in outside environments whereas other people had the luxury of staying at home because they're already rich or things like that so there was an assumption that if you're darker that means you're poorer because you're working outside you're constantly under the sun so that must mean that you are lower in status compared to the other people that didn't have you know the the they didn't have to do things like that where they had to work outside so it's like you know there's just so many assumptions based off of people's skin color because these people are doing what they need to do to survive and they didn't just have privileges like that growing up you know and it's like they're they're gonna keep getting darker because they're like they're mm-hmm. not allowed opportunities in into certain spaces and it's like yeah you know it it's just gonna keep happening and when it keeps happening that's when the lines get blurred and we use words like association when like you know i try to use i try not to use association because like this association comes from somewhere like i said like it comes from everything that we just mentioned you know so it's not just like a plus b equals c it's like we have to really focus on like everything in the middle when we talk about like systemic racism systemic colorism like it's important to not just put a term over it and to really understand like this is a thing and this is why like darker people are seen in this way and lighter people are seen in this way you know and it obviously has trickled down into you know what is taught at home what has been taught over generation over generation and um you know here we are kind of talking about it because it's kind of our generation who's like hey i'm not gonna not date somebody because they're darker than me or like hey i'm not gonna like rather be this person's friend because they're lighter than me you know Mm. and it's also interesting because it you know it has happened over so many generations and when these British colonists came to our South Asian countries and countries in general, a lot of them forced themselves upon people and a lot of women started giving birth to lighter skinned babies. Mm -hmm. And obviously that traumatic response, obviously you have a lighter baby, which eventually the baby has more privileges and they are able to reap more benefits. But, you know, a lot of them didn't have the choice to do things like that. A lot of them didn't weren't able to just get away from that you know especially when these british colonists had so much power over these women you know and a lot of the times they were assaulted back in the day so obviously back in the day they like parents didn't really want their daughters or their family members to get married or you know procreate with the white colonists but a lot of them didn't really have a choice and i think even now there's this idea that oh you know maybe you should marry someone in your own background don't really marry someone like that is darker than you in a different race or lighter than you even but then you know when they have a white baby when they become grandparents and they have a lighter skinned baby they're so happy you know so you know it's just like very like on and off still a lot of parents tell you not to marry someone that is darker than you because they're worried about the the skin of the baby Darker babies, Crazy, curly hair babies. Oh crazy, no! Isn't it? Oh no! Shorty, scary, scary, so scary. Shorty, you're crazy. Yeah. 
<laughs> she got it from me. But yeah, on that topic, like, what, 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 what do you feel like was like indirectly taught in your home about um, colorism, about skin colors? Um, you know, you mentioned the fair and lovely. You know, how was it? How was it like growing up for you? You know, there's a word in Bangla. Yeah, there it's is. It's called. I know what she's gonna say. Oh, I wasn't expecting what that one. What were you gonna say? No, no, no. No. It's called shimla, right? Which means that you are, you know, darker skinned, but still like not that dark because mm. that dark is That's dark, bad, right? Oh, it's bad. in no. in the association that people have in South Asian countries, there's obviously this this uh, um, anti-blackness, this colorism, where oh. you know there are different words to express different things. So there's fair. There's Shemla and then there's Gala. There's no mm-hmm. in between, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just you're one or the other. So, you know, I always heard things like, oh, you know, that girl is Shemla, but one is sweet. Yeah, like, she's, but she's nice. She's, she's, oh, she's smart. She's, you know, she's tan, but she's very sweet. <laughs> but there, like, you know, there's like this like underlying like negative connotation yeah. with it. Where it's like, yeah, the first thing I notice is how dark she is. Yeah. But like, don't let that fool you because she's, she's actually nice, very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, she's, nice she's like girl. she's trying to educate you. She's like, well, remember, just because <laughs> they're tan does not mean they're bad. OK, remember. Exactly. Well. Exactly. I'm like, you're telling me you're telling <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. But anyway, I have always been classified as Shemla growing up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have always been like small remarks talking about my attractiveness or my skin or the acne that I had growing up. It was always associated with. Oh, you know, like drink more water, like put some powder on your face. You're mm-hmm. not going to find a husband if you look yeah, like no that. Son. You know, it's always associated with marriage in the future. I'm like, hello, I'm 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 11 years old. I'm six and a half. We're talking about freaking. Uh, I'm literally six. Why are you telling me that I'm not going to get married? I can't even speak yet. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> But there's like, you know, there's obsession with with you marrying someone, right? Mm-hmm. And I was always told like, oh, don't go to the beach. Don't don't go outside. Yeah, Stay home. Don't, don't go outside and only for 10 minutes. Yeah, not even. When, you know, we were only told to go outside during Shondar Shomai. Yeah. And like we would literally like we had the peak hours like right after golden hour would be like six o'clock to like yeah. seven o'clock when like the sun isn't even the in the sky it's like it's like in the corner <laughs> it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's hiding the sun, like the it's sun not is portraying any heat that's the only time and you know with with like good intention you know my parents said that because they grew up with like this idea as well where you know they're kind of protecting us like oh if you get darker then you're gonna be seen as lower in society other people are going to judge you they were protecting us and that's what they knew back then. But then I grew up with this hatred for, you know, my skin and I grew up feeling like I was like lesser than because even the people mm-hmm. around me, they were lighter skinned. And in school, I saw which brown girl was more popular. You know, I saw which one was seen as the attractive one. And I even saw like what the aunties and uncles were seeing as more attractive, right? And and richer in society and things like that. So I remember I had like this this um, inkling to just be like, screw everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the beach finally. I'm mm-hmm. not going to wear a hat. I'm not going to like do anything to cover up because I'm sick and tired and I don't care about getting darker. 
because you know we always had this fear that when you get darker you're not going to be as pretty anymore but the truth is when you do get darker which is normal especially during the summertime obviously you're supposed mm-hmm. to get darker it's you look so glowy first of all second of all like what's so bad about that you know mm-hmm. like i remember once i went to the beach and it was like a day or two before eid and i had to literally wear like two hats on top of me i had to cover up the entire body like i did not want to get dark because just you know inside yeah i might as well just stay inside look at a until picture eat the, the whole month of ramadan <laughs> and it's like you know i was told to look pretty and like light and whatever for eid because it's such a joyous you know celebration day but then i was like who cares if i get darker bro it's literally like the middle of july obviously it's going to happen you know what's your experience you know i think it's very different to hear like a colorism story or a colorist story from a male i think um i think my experience was uh a little unique i mean apart from being a guy um i didn't grow up with a lot of brown people so i didn't really have like too much to compare myself to um i'd you know, I was just grew up with like Hispanics and blacks and people like I grew up with a lot of like Guyanese people who and Trin- and Trini people who are mm-hmm. usually usually a little darker brown skin than like Indian people. Yeah. So I was around a lot of that my whole life. And honestly, I'm I'm like I'm not gonna say like I'm proud to say like I had to get a little bit older. And until like recent years, I actually realized like, oh, wait, like people find darker brown skinned people unattractive like that that thought never really like came across my head growing up and now i realize that like that's abnormal to like think like that and it was it's like i'm not gonna say it's normal but i i realized like oh wait like i kind of grew up like a little differently and a big reason why i feel like i grew up a little differently is for one family specifically um i grew up with a family in my neighborhood and um they were uh they were malayalam they were south indian and they were really dark skin not really dark skin but they were like dark skin indians and um the son of that family was really the one to teach me a lot about like hey like like my skin color is like not a good thing in india like they don't like this like he he went to um like a uh, like a what's the word like a like a charter school a certain like special kind of school with um indians there and like they were always like indirectly hating on him because like it's mm-hmm. just and he was like used to it like he's used to it. he's like because he was born in india he was born in india grew up in india for like eight years and he grew up in like in he he really experienced that in like real life in india and so he was really the one that educated me a lot about you know like like yo like you should be grateful for your skin color like not grateful in a sense of like whatever but like hey like they really like make fun of us like for this just because i was born this way i didn't make my Mm -hmm. skin darker and um you know i have this like really sad story that i think i've told on the podcast before but i remember one day we were on the school bus we were like 13 14 and i used to sit behind him all the time and I used to always like lean over the bus seat just to like say what's up to him. And this one day I leaned over the bus seat and he was on his phone and he was on Google. And this is a 14 year old boy that's Googling, how do I make my skin lighter? And I saw that and I don't think I ever told him that I saw that, but it just really, really broke my heart. And in that moment, I was like, in that moment, as a 14 year old boy, me too, I'm a 14 year old boy. I'm like, I'm like, damn, like, this is a thing. Like, I, 
I still remember that moment. Like, like he's really actually sad about how dark his skin is. And that never really processed in my head, you know? So I'm, I'm grateful to have grown up with a family like that. Who's taught me about like the realities, the harsh realities of, you know, what it's like to grow up as a certain way in, in a certain part of the world. Um, so I'm grateful that, that I, I had that experience, but as for me, I never really, I mean, I had like the stereotypical, like whatever, don't go out in the sun, don't blah, 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 don't blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for the way that I was brought up and I'm thankful to say that, um, I'm, I'm the biggest supporter in like darker skinned brown people. I know how much that they go through. I'm not going to sit here and say like how quote unquote tough my experience may have been because I, I've grown up with a lot of people that really had, you know, were seen in a certain light and, you know, like whether faced actual like you know weren't able to get certain job interviews or weren't able to um enter certain friend groups just because they were like always the odd one out like they've never seen like a darker skin brown people because brown people kind of like quote unquote traditionally are like you know i would say like me like not too dark not too light kind of like somewhere in the middle it gets really tough for people that are darker than us and i think a lot of people don't give those brown people as much appreciation things are changing now times are different now but at least in like the late 2000s early 2010s i firsthand saw how much they would struggle and how you know he used to have a little sister too who was just as dark and from a woman's perspective i know that it's probably a lot harder than what in a lot you know it hurt her a lot more than it may have hurt him um so yeah we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become senwa saga hellblade 2 Play it now with Game Pass. That's so sad that a young boy like that felt like he had to do yeah. that growing up. That makes me so sad. I feel like we don't really hear stories from men. Imagine how many of them there are. I feel like it's very underrated because obviously like beauty and attractiveness is weighed upon heavier for women. Mm-hmm. But I think obviously colorism and the level of beauty and everything also relates to men. But it, yeah. we don't really hear it as often because they're told to, you know, focus on more things like their job and, you know, taking care of the family and things like that. And and like we were saying earlier, like sometimes it's it's even harder for for darker skinned people to get those those jobs or be accepted in certain places, you know, because like men are their their value is based on like their status or their job or what their career is, how much money they're making. Mm-hmm. And when darker skinned people, darker skinned south asian people are more limited to getting certain opportunities of course that that makes them just as insecure as as a woman may feel about her her appearance you know so interesting because i feel like colorism affects all of us regardless of how dark or light we are but imagine the people that have the privileges of you know white passing because they are lighter so a lot of people don't think that they're dissy or they don't think that you know they're ethnic but you know, it is a privilege to have lighter skin. You get a lot more benefits from it. 
but i feel like even if you do have lighter skin there's this assumption that either you're you're trying to be white or that you are white and that you aren't connected to your roots that's also true that's very true i uh there was one girl specifically who was a super light-skinned indian because i think her her one of her parents was was british and then her other parent was indian and like her face looked indian but she was like white like her skin color was white and i remember she used to like always be sad because she was never like cherished by like the brown community like it, like the the brown people that she had around her um cuz they just like never saw her as equal the same way with like you know guyanese and and trini people guyanese and trini people especially back then they were not accepted into like this umbrella brown term they were just like oh you're guyanese you're caribbean or like you're trini you're not indian when it's like Mm-hmm. All of us, like, regardless of all of these, like, random things that we make up about, like, oh, you're Trini, you're not this, you're guy, blah, 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 you're, you're light-skinned, we're all, like, we can all, like, coincide together, and we can all understand that everybody has their own struggle with being okay with being brown and being Daisy or being whatever, you know? It's so funny how, well, it's not funny at all, but like (laughs) there's such a division in South Asian countries and a lot of countries in general within themselves, whereas like we're kind of just fighting over one another with like about our skin color. North Indians are like, haha, we're lighter than South Indians, so we're better. We have more job opportunities or whether it be like, oh, our religion is better. You know, Hinduism is better than Muslim Islam or like the other way around or whatever it is. No. And like we're literally just fighting with one another over like land or God knows what. Whereas like white people are just like looking at us. They're, they're like, like laughing. They're <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> they're ha ha. Like, all y'all look the same. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? You guys look the same. We're literally the best out here. So like what are you guys fighting about? Like there's nothing to And that's about. like an effect of just Eurocentric beauty standards that were laid upon us like we're talking about lighter skin people are are quote-unquote like prettier that's just a eurocentric beauty standard like who made that up and obviously it doesn't help when the representation that we did grow up with especially if we're talking about south asia we're talking about like bollywood yeah all of the bollywood actors and actresses they're known for your their white skin and their lighter skin and so you know when we're following these big name celebrities and everyone else in those countries are also following them there's like this expectation that you have to be lighter to be seen as valuable you know and even when people are doing wedding makeup there's like this thing even in this generation in 2023 where they will make the brides look so light that's crazy where the foundation doesn't even match their skin at all like if you put their hand next to their face their face is so much lighter than their hand yeah. It is like not okay that people are are trying to like white pass when it doesn't even look real. You it's know? like a freaking like And it's like I've what? You were gonna say something so stupid, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was. But I really was. I've heard stories it where it's like <laughs> I've heard stories where it's like these brides, you know, the husbands haven't met their brides yet because a lot of arranged marriages took place back in the day. And so they've only really seen like pictures of them and, you know, they've talked on the phone or even then that's like cutting it too far. That's like mm-hmm. too far. Yeah, Sometimes too they just get married like the next day after meeting. Right. But without meeting them. And so from the pictures that they've seen, they're like, oh, OK, like they're pretty, like whatever, like light, fair skinned. But then once they see them in person and they take off the makeup, they're it's like jump scare. They're literally catfish <laughs> because they, you know, they fall in love with this idea that this 
this woman is going to be so fair-skinned, so lovely, so honest, so beautiful, whatever. And then they literally see them in real life and they're like, wow, she is dark. So that must mean they're completely the opposite of what they are. Crazy. And they like literally fall into like catfish marriages, but then it's too late for the most part. But it's so crazy how, you know, your your lightness and your skin color is so associated with like your beauty and how you are as your character. It's like you remember, you remember in like Indian matchmaking, like one of the criteria was like, fair complexion good yeah i saw that <laughs> good fair mm-hmm. complexion like you think about like in bollywood like you can't name a, like a darker skin like lead actor or actress in a bollywood mm-hmm. movie maybe in recent years maybe i don't know but like in the early 2000s like absolutely not you will not be able to name yeah. one and it's like imagine how many like amazing darker skin actors or actresses there were that wanted a lead role but like <laughs> they just like weren't given it because like whoever else like maybe not as good but just like looked better on camera mm-hmm. it's crazy and like obviously colorism is very prevalent in south asian countries but colorism is prevalent everywhere yeah and i'm thinking about like you know the how inferior some black people feel because they are darker skinned especially if you are a lighter skinned black person which is a very big thing you have this like people see you as exotic but they don't see you as completely black because you are lighter skinned you benefit from some eurocentric qualities and there's like you know the light-skinned black people the ones that have colored eyes so that must mean that they're more superior Mm -hmm. over black-skinned people that don't have the colored eyes and have darker skin color and you know even in like hollywood media we see representation like zendaya who is like half white half black and she's lighter skinned and that's like the representation that we had for a while even rihanna you know she's from barbados but she's lighter skinned she has lighter eyes and you know we haven't really seen like darker skinned people in media and i'm thinking about like the indian people or the brown people that we've had in hollywood growing up and i can only think about like zayn malik who is also half pakistani half british i can think about naomi scott who i loved from lemonade mouth who is also half indian half british and then i think of avin jogi i'm not sure if he's fully indian as well but i think he's also half something and it's just so interesting how like if there is some sort of british in your blood you're you're only represented in mainstream media and that's like the only thing that you can look up to you know that's why like in this generation now thankfully we have like darker skinned characters like um you know we have moana yeah i mean things are so much better now tiana so a lot of girls like feel more represented even like in the little mermaid you know we Mm -hmm. have a black mermaid now and girls can see themselves in media and it's so helpful but you know there's still so much work to be done and we definitely did not have that growing up yeah growing up it was crazy i'm it's it's so lovely to see how much things have changed nowadays um because i remember like you remember when like zayn malik like first got popular like when one direction first Mm -hmm. got popular like brown people just like exploded in excitement you know and it's like mm-hmm. the first time you saw like baljeet or somebody it's like you got so happy whereas like now like yeah. it's obviously like a lot a lot normal a it lot was more just normal. like a crumb of representation that we were so excited about yeah like imagine if we got like miss marvel when we were like eight or ten yeah. like that would be so crazy um yeah i mean we have a whole episode on just like brown representation in media if you guys are interested yeah. in listening to that but it really like helps a lot when you have positive forms of brown representation like not just 
brown representation but positive you know it's also like like i think about um like you you brought up anti-blackness and i think anti-blackness when it comes to actual black people is a whole other like discussion that we're not ready Mm -hmm. for but it's like you think about like even in the muslim community like black people in the muslim community like like I, i remember so many times like at the mosque like the black people would be like shunned or like the black people would be like in the corner because like Muslims are like primarily like Arab brown people where it's like yeah. I can't imagine like and you know one of my like role models Mustafa the poet he's a he's a Sudanese Muslim and he like a lot of his artwork is talking about like anti-blackness in the Muslim community and it's like it it goes across all spectrums all genres of like you know, not even in society and like everything, just like being darker mm-hmm. skin, it, it makes life just harder. You know, maybe not. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, on paper, if you are willing to research to that extent. But, you know, just in society, there are so many intricacies that happen that I'm glad nowadays are being more brought to light um, and more people are recognizing because, like I said before, I'm I'm very privileged to have been aware of this stuff for a long time because of the people that i grew up with and i'm happy to see more people are talking about things like anti-blackness and just being aware of it you know that's the first Mm -hmm. issue like even in like america if you want to dumb it down to like just white privilege and against like african americans in the country just knowing that it's a thing and being willing to do your due diligence and research and understanding where exactly this comes from and that it's real like it's not just made up it's not like systemic like institutionalized people are it's not made up it's a thing mm-hmm. that's the first step and i'm just really glad to see that we have podcasts like this like difficult dish oh, wow that love, are talking love. about this stuff you know so if you are if you are someone who you know has maybe struggled with um you know what your skin color looks like um you know struggle to have conversations with certain people maybe you're someone that is still a little bit has a little bit of prejudice towards someone who's darker skin because of what has been inherently taught inside of your own home i hope platforms and also yeah your environment around you if they're constantly reminding you of what you look like and your skin color is hard to unlearn that yeah i think this is a very very important subject for people to be aware of and to just start unlearning a lot of the things that may have been taught in our homes probably Mm -hmm. you know they they were taught in our home for whatever reason because it was taught in our parents home and it was taught in our grandparents Mm -hmm. home and it's like yeah we can't really knock them we can but we also can't because they're doing what they're doing but it's our job to just kind of move the needle a little bit forward and and look at things differently it, it is kind of our responsibility to kind of obviously unlearn it, but also help our parents' generation unlearn it and just keep them accountable. So, like, yeah. what is your response if, like, someone from your family or, like, someone that you know says something about your skin color or someone else's skin color and they say it, like, so nonchalantly because it's so, like, they're used to it? Like, what is your response? Because I know a lot of people are kind of brushing under the rug. They also don't want to cause an argument or, like, cause disruption so they don't say anything and they laugh along. But, like, what do you think our duty should be as, like, in this generation? I mean, I'm, I'm always big on communication and I, I try my best to not get upset with my mom whenever she says something. But a lot of the time I just talk about, like, hey, mom, like, these things that 
we were all taught like the foundation of this because my mom is big on like roots and like my mom is she's a very devout muslim like she's very big on like having strong roots having a strong foundation making sure your foundation is is set and has good merit to it i tell my mom like hey like where these things come from the foundation of it is is not good like it doesn't come from a good place it comes from a very bad place like you are processing these things as like i want the best for you but they come from very very dark places they come from not what you're saying they come from just made up ideas like this is like british people have said darker skinned people are less are less attractive that is made up you know because they are white you know and it's like i i learned this whole thing i won't get into this but like i learned recently about the history of like somalia and somaliland and just how the country lines were brought up in africa and it was all created by europeans in in like a really old conference they had in the 1800s where they didn't have any black people they didn't have any africans they completely dissected the whole continent of africa to their liking and you know those effects have affected africa to this day like where again like i learned a lot about somalia and somaliland and it's like the british rule and and just like european colonialism has brought these ideas out of nowhere into our world that had no purpose in in being prevalent in our world and i'm just like hey mom like i i know you want the best for you but like it this it this doesn't have strong roots to it like it comes from a very shaky kind of foundation mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but what about you i uh, think i yeah i think a lot of brown people have these stereotypes regarding people of color that are darker or you know black people they you know think that darker people are less educated or they're less attractive or if you know black people are all like robbers or whatever it is you know we all grew up with these stereotypes because of media because of culture whatever it is i think when these uh passing by comments do occur another way to kind of counteract that is kind of like oh how would you feel if everyone looks at us and they think that we're terrorists everyone looks at us think and they think that since we have an accent, you know, we're uneducated. Because obviously there are a lot of white people that think like that when they see a brown person. And I think that like builds that empathy. And also when our parents or our family members or anyone coming around say things like that regarding skin tone or whatever it is, they say it like so casually because it's yeah. like a part of their daily conversation. You yeah. know, they've just like grown up with that in their language. I think they also expect you to like play along and like, you know, joke around with them. I think when something like that happens, you have to just put your foot down and be like, like, oh, like, why'd you say that? You know, like, why do you think like that? Like, you kind of have to like not make them feel stupid, but kind of get to like the bottom of like why they think like that. And obviously it doesn't happen one time around, doesn't happen twice around, three times around. It it happens like every single time. Mm -hmm. And you have to continuously like bring it up even though you are tired even though you are sick and tired of saying the same thing over and over it's kind of like you know like why do you think that and like i've seen from my parents end that they've gotten a lot better with like their mentality and the way that they've talked about things and obviously there are slip-ups but you know they they have unlearned it a lot because of how i don't let shit like that slide you know yeah um if it's someone from like outside if they if i don't even know them and the first thing they're like oh when it 
They get in the one. And I'm two, like, your one kid got Kahlo. Oh, wow. At least my at least my son ain't a drug dealer and dropped oh, out of oh, class God, and got God. someone pregnant. God, you know, for real. But it's yeah, like, no oh, but but we're skin the shundor. He has nice skin. Yeah, at least his skin is he's nice. He's a he's a good boy. Ah, that was a that was a long episode. And really on a some serious matter. Do you want to hear a joke? Why are you talking about it in like past tense? Like <laughs> do, we're not done. Do we're wanna, done with it already. Do you want to hear a joke to like sure. lighten up the mood? Um, it's not really a joke. It just kind of like it. It <laughs> put my it put my like Canada trip like it started it off pretty rough. Um, I went to like this like chicken sandwich place, and it had really good reviews. I was really excited, and I paid for the chicken sandwich and fries. It was like. $19 so expensive what the hell is wrong with you Canada Justin Trudeau get the hell out of here your country's not that great all right thank you for sharing that <laughs> like <laughs> you can't you can't charge me $19 for it and the craziest part is like it came out on like a really weird bun like you know I usually like a potato bun or like you know just like a hamburger bun but this came out on like a Kaiser roll like it was like a weird bread kind of roll and the thing is like the roll was so big like it was a big like the size of your face it was big big roll but then the piece of chicken was so small <laughs> the piece of chicken right, was so small so anyway um as you guys know at the end of our episodes we do a little advice slash response session we look at the responses that you guys send into our instagram story where we tell you what our episode is going to be for the week so as you guys know our instagram or if you don't know here it is it's yeah. instagram at difficult dish. dish you will love to be you know in tune with what we post you can also follow us on our tiktok at at difficult dish podcast. podcast all right so let's do a little lightning round all right let's okay. go through some of the responses bada we boom, got bada bing. so someone said these are all kind of sad unfortunately oh, so god okay all right anyway someone said i turned out darker than my light-skinned parents and they often expressed disappointment for that we hello didn't you talk. gave birth to her we like didn't what e- why is it her fault no we didn't even talk about like sibling like one sibling being darker than the other i think me and my sister are pretty similar but um my my friend's girlfriend i was just hanging out with them in canada like she's a lot darker than her two sisters and she was telling me how much shit she got for that growing up and we didn't even talk about that. how is that her fault like literally the parents literally gave birth yeah and like like how is that blamed on the child and like they'll blame it on like the sun they'll blame it on like what she eats but it's like hello i'm your offspring (laughs) yeah actually someone said hearing don't stay in the sun too long you'll get too dark growing up mom buying fair and lovely cream or asking me to use home remedies to lighten skin tone and other desi friends commenting and pointing out my hyperpigmentation relatives saying you used to be so fair skinned when you were baby Hmm. like huh Hmm. yeah they always love comparing you to, <laughs> to what you look like, like when, when you were out one the womb. yeah obviously you're supposed to gain more melanin or lose me- melanin when you grow up oh you were so nice hello i was three weeks old <laughs> literally three weeks old like i didn't have blood in my body yet like they'll compare you to like baby pictures but, oh you're so nice That's you know crazy. something else hyperpigmentation is such a big thing in brown people obviously because we have more melanin so we have darker spots around our eyes or around our mouth but, you know, because of the Eurocentric beauty standards that we had growing up, we used to feel so bad about these, like, natural features on our body yeah. and face. And we had to, like, cover it up or, like, 
use remedies or whatever it is but it's such a natural part of us you know and like i've learned to you know get used to it and be happy with like my hyperpigmentation someone said last one i'd have white kids come and compare their summer summer tan to my skin color and say (laughs) wow we're the same shade like no rebecca you went to cancun and got tanned yeah that's like a whole other thing now yeah i got yeah isn't uh, it so crazy we got made fun of for our skin growing up and then like it tanning and all this and that are just like trends now yeah i got i got a lot of like oh like you probably don't have to tan huh <laughs> <laughs> growing up in florida <laughs> the little little chuckle at the end like they made yeah. a funniest joke ever yeah and uh, did you ever get like the the sunscreen joke like all oh, the sunscreen joke like white people just have to use sunscreen or else their skin will burn be like oh yeah I'm, i'll get too dark if i use sunscreen and then just look at me <laughs> got, i got a lot of they that. look at you i got a lot of when that. any of like sci-fi. terrorist joke comes up in class yeah, and like I sunscreen use, jokes come up if i don't use sunscreen i'll look like him i'm just smiling i handsome <laughs> of course Mashun's just smiling in the side <laughs> thinking they're complimenting him uh manoush yeah me yeah. anyways you got, right, any you got any 10 second advice hey uh-huh beat you yeah my 10 second advice since it relates to this episode you know i got a banger okay wear bright colors we Mm. were told a lot growing up that bright colors don't look good on darker skin tones because Mm. it makes our skin tone look darker it makes us stand out more Mm. we were told to kind of wear like more neutral monotone Mm -hmm. type of colors to you know you know bring that color to bay or make you look lighter or whatever it is but i say wear those oranges wear those bright greens bright pinks you can wear whatever the hell you want wear whatever makeup you want and you will look fire. Don't mm. listen to them haters. Mm. Good one. I'm not going to do that though. Um. <laughs> who asked him to do that? Like who asked you specifically? I'm going to just give you all a general reminder. Just in case you're feeling like this. The year still just started. Okay. Mm. If you've had a rough first seven weeks of the year. You don't have to. Su- you don't have to suffer for the rest time. of the year. You have so you got time. much time, so much time. You're good. We're only. We're not even two months into the year. You got another ten. Ten. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. double digits. You got dumb mm-hmm. time. Okay. Mm-hmm. If if you want that summer bod, you got dumb oh, time. Wow. If you want, wow, if you want, bod. if you want that summer bank account, you got dumb time. All right. Yeah relax you don't you don't have to you don't have to shut um two years gonna suck you're good you got mad time okay Mm, capiche some 2023 motivation Mm -hmm. yeah but anyway thank you so much for listening to our episode please rate and review us follow us on our podcast um instagram Mm -hmm. and our tiktok at difficultish and at Mm -hmm. difficultish podcast make sure to follow mashun it's at mashun manir and me at labyrinth f yes but thank you so much for listening we love you muchas gracias next Te amo. Ciao.